Gabby, welcome to the Happier Life Project, brought to you by leading mental health and wellness app, My Possible Self, in partnership with the Priory Healthcare. In today's episode of the podcast, we are going to dig into simple steps to building self-esteem. Self-esteem is how we value and perceive ourselves. It's based on our own opinions and beliefs, which sometimes feel really difficult to change. Having low self-esteem isn't a mental health problem in itself, but they are closely linked. If there are many factors affecting your self-esteem for a long time, this might lead to mental health problems such as depression, anxiety, social phobia, an eating disorder or substance abuse. So it's really important if we are suffering with our self-esteem, we don't ignore it. Some of the most common examples of how we might experience low self-esteem include feeling hopeless or worthless, blaming yourself unfairly, hating yourself, worrying about being unable to do certain things. In today's episode of the podcast, we are really going to explore why we can view ourselves in such a negative way and what steps we can do to challenge and change these negative views and quieten our inner critic. Natalie Englander is a principal CBT therapist and mindfulness teacher with over 10 years experience in the field. Specialising in helping millennium women overcome perfectionism and build self-esteem, Natalie offers online CBT, mindfulness courses and therapist supervision. In our conversation, Natalie explains what is self-esteem, why having healthy self-esteem is so important in our life and how setting boundaries with others can help us on our quest to building a happier life. Natalie also shares her top five ways to tackle low self-esteem and set some simple practical homework to help enrich our lives. Ready to find a healthier, happier you? Let's get started. Welcome Natalie Englander to the Happier Life Project. Before we um, dive into today's topic, which is um, all about self-esteem. Let's introduce you to our listeners and our app users. You're a principal CBT therapist and mindfulness teacher with over 10 years experience. You specialize in helping millennial women overcome perfection and build self-esteem, offering online CBT, mindfulness courses and therapist supervision. What's therapist supervision? What does that mean? (laughs) Um, So all therapists have usually weekly or monthly supervision where they talk about the clients that they're seeing and working with. Um, I didn't know that. So it's a great space, yeah, where you can chat to your supervisor and um, let them know how things are going, anything you're struggling with, how you can better help your clients. So it's it's a really valuable space. Getting into self-esteem, and actually I think that like, you know, marrying the two perfectionism and self-esteem that you don't always think somebody who's a perfectionist could possibly be struggling with their self-esteem because maybe they're masking it with all these achievements and a really nice house or you know pick your own adventure there 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think you, I guess you can be a perfectionist without having low self-esteem, but more often than not, the perfectionists that I see do also have low self-esteem. I kind of always think it think of it as, as two different types of low self-esteem. There's either the ones where it's it's sort of obvious, you know, someone is saying, I feel really rubbish about myself. I don't think I'm good enough. I feel worthless, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can get the ones who have more what I like to call dormant low self-esteem, where maybe on the surface they do feel all right. They can recognize, yeah, I'm doing well, things are good, etc. But it's not until then if something happens, let's say they, I don't know, they mess up or they fail at an interview or something like that, then suddenly there can be a really strong reaction and they just feel absolutely rubbish about themselves. And it's almost like a surprise. Mm. Where did this come from? Um, So it's sort of down there lurking. Yeah, yeah, I resonate with that. And I'm imagining that other a lot of other people right now are going, oh, that's me. So to kind of start off with the very basics, can we define what is self-esteem? Um, you mentioned about the, the two categories of like low self-esteem and um, like even what causes us to have low self-esteem because we're not born mm. with it, are we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess... For me, low self-esteem is all about how you perceive yourself. So it's based on your opinions and the beliefs that you hold about yourself. And if you've got healthy self-esteem, then that's great because that's linked to having positive mental health and well-being. And healthy self-esteem is really just important in life. Whereas if you have low self-esteem, then you generally view yourself in quite a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you evaluate yourself in quite a negative way so you might experience quite a lot of self-critical thoughts you know I'm, I'm rubbish at this or I'm boring or I'm not very fun or I'm unattractive and um, I guess we hold that really negative view of ourselves mm-hmm. and it might be helpful to say actually this the slight difference between self-esteem and self-worth mm-hmm. um, yeah please so if self-esteem is how you think and feel about yourself, which with low self-esteem can be negative, it can change depending on how things are going. So if things are going well, we might feel a bit better about ourselves. If things are going worse, we might start to feel more rubbish about ourselves. Whereas self-worth is maybe more global and more stable than our self-esteem. So it doesn't tend to sort of change as much. And mm. our self-worth is all about... Um, kind of knowing and believing our worth as a person so if self-esteem is how we evaluate ourselves it can either be good or bad whereas self-worth is more about being a a valuable person or a lovable person right our place Um, in the world kind of yes yeah Yeah. exactly so you could have you could have your self-esteem that hits rock bottom but you can still hold on to that notion that you've got innate worth Mm. Um, which is really important because when you don't feel good about yourself that doesn't necessarily mean that you're no longer a valuable person so sometimes people can can still have self-worth but low self-esteem or sometimes you can you know both can be bad right right Um, and you deal with all different walks I'd imagine yeah absolutely I mean perfectionism is really tied to our self-worth where we feel as though we need to achieve and the achievement essentially is is our measure of our self-worth 
that makes sense. which can be really dangerous if you think about it you know if you mm. don't perform well you're not even a valuable person mm. um and I guess self-esteem and, and self-worth and perfectionism I don't think they're necessarily caused by by one single thing but as you say it's definitely not something we're born with I think yeah. it, it can develop over time based on a, a number of factors I think our childhood experiences definitely have a big factor to play in it you know whether we've gr- we've grown up in a household and with family and friends who are supportive loving and kind towards us or maybe yeah. we've experienced quite a negative environment lots of criticism or even abuse all of that can have an impact on the beliefs that we start to form about ourselves and that we yeah. usually then carry through in, into adulthood yeah it's interesting isn't it that it's the external stuff that we take in and internalize mm then the product is our self-worth, I guess. When I think about my own self-esteem, I I kind of, I think about about it as like a voice in my head and it's either like a cheerleader or it's really nasty and my worst enemy. Rumination on negative thoughts and expecting negative outcomes to future events, that's something I particularly struggle with. And I just wondered what your thoughts were there, because I don't know if does it help to maybe separate yourself and it's like that voice is not you. Is that something helpful? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like what we sometimes call our inner critic that we can yeah. have. Um, and some people have a much louder or a, or a much more mean inner critic than others. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think it's really useful to, to be aware of it. Um, and to start building more awareness so that we can spot and notice when it happens Um, Mm. because I guess the first step to making any changes is just having more awareness because I think often lots of people with low self-esteem maybe don't even recognize half the negative thoughts that they have about themselves throughout Mm. a day because we just have so many thoughts running through our head constantly don't we we don't necessarily stop to really pay attention to them yeah, absolutely. And as well, everybody has periods in their life where self-worth they're going to struggle with, uh, periods of low self-esteem they're going to struggle. And that's that's normal. Mm. And there's tools that we're going to get into um, that can really help us manage those difficult times. But then when does it become something more severe that we need professional help we need to think about professional help and and seeing somebody like yourself is it when it's more Mm. consistent there's like no break from it yeah that's a really good question I think anyone with low self-esteem I would always say therapy is great I think therapy is great even if you're feeling fine Mm. Um, and I, I would generally always encourage someone to seek support to work on it because self-esteem can have a big impact on our lives without us even realizing and I think often as well people tend to think that like it's just me or it's just my personality or I'm just not a very confident person Um, whereas I I would argue that Mm -hmm. that's not the case and that you don't have to have low self-esteem and that actually you can feel good about yourself and you can feel more confident of course though if if you find that you're feeling anxious and depressed which often comes up for people with low self-esteem, then yes, definitely do seek support because you don't you don't need to continue feeling that way. And it can be such a relief to 
see a good therapist who can help you feel better. Yeah. So have you seen firsthand then people really shift the way they see themselves through working with you? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I guess, like a joyous, amazing experience to see people, how they are in the first session and the kind of things that they tell you, how they view themselves, how they feel about themselves to then the end of the session. There can just be such a big transformation. And usually people never believe that that's going to be possible. Um, But yeah, I've definitely seen firsthand it is and it has such a good impact on people's lives. Um, People feel more confident to do things that they never would have dreamed of doing before. And they're no longer feeling anxious all the time or getting into depressive cycles regularly. Mm. Um, yeah you kind of lit up when yeah. you were talking then so I can tell that it's obviously um <laughs> definitely gets you jazzed at forgetting to go into work I suppose <laughs> yeah <laughs> um okay definitely. so when we're when we're talking about self-worth self-confidence self-esteem it all starts with the self so like we can get I'm sure boost to the ego or boost to our self-esteem from other people but if we're really gonna you know challenge these issues that we have we have to go inwards and do the work ourselves right Mm. yep yeah absolutely because I I guess people would think I never sorry I'm to cut you off there but like uh I want a new relationship but I'm never going to get somebody that's you know that you know I'm not good enough for that person that I really want or I'm I'm not clever enough to get that job yeah absolutely that's where I think it, it does it does all start with with yourself and believing in yourself and believing that you can have those things and that you deserve those things as well um and I think often self-esteem our self-esteem can be influenced by those around us and our environment um but that doesn't necessarily mean if if we change our environment or we change the people around us suddenly we'll feel good about ourselves it's not always the case mm. um and that's where we do need to go inwards and and work on things ourselves so that we're then also not using those external factors to try and make ourselves feel better mm. about ourselves mm-hmm. The Happier Life Project is a podcast which is attached to My Possible Self, a mental health app. And um, what kind of mental health problems, uh, when we are looking at somebody who is severely struggling with their self-esteem, and what kind of mental health problems could be associated with or contributed to having low self-esteem? Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I would say definitely depression. And definitely anxiety, Mm. Um, particularly generalised anxiety disorder, which is when um, we tend to worry about anything and everything. Mm -hmm. We're just constantly feeling anxious, on edge, struggle to relax, etc. But I think it shows up a lot. I see um, in people with social anxiety who worry about kind of embarrassing themselves or making a fool of themselves in front of other people. And then I guess other mental health problems like eating disorders and um, body dysmorphic disorder they're all um can can be really linked to our our self-esteem so it's definitely important to work on it do you treat then the anxiety or do you treat the self-esteem mm. or it's like is it the chicken and the egg situation <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's such a good question uh, technically the answer is 
if someone has a mental health problem like depression or an anxiety disorder and low self-esteem you should really always treat the mental health problem that that disorder first Mm. um, and then you can work on low self-esteem afterwards Um, but often what I find is that the two are are sort of caught up together Mm. so you might be working on say the depression but you'll also kind of be working on the low self-esteem as well at the Mm. same time really but I guess the the main takeaway from that is if someone came to me and let's say they had social anxiety and low self-esteem and they told me I really want to focus on my low self-esteem I would say yes absolutely great idea we can we can do that but we kind of also need to work on the social anxiety we can't just leave leave that right Um, got it I have spent the last six years living in America and uh, you know when I think about like you and I both British and we've brought up to believe that like championing ourselves isn't is kind of cocky and big-headed and you know living in America they're such big advocates for themselves as well as each other and I wonder, do we need to take a bit more of an American approach to to life? Because I, I do feel that just from my observations, I know Americans suffer with self-esteem problems as well. However, they just seem to be brought up differently that from kids, they're raised to be the star of their own show. Um, whereas with us, we're told to be a bit more modest. And again, I just wonder when we're talking about self-esteem, is it like part of our upbringing is to be more shy, more modest? Absolutely. I think we definitely need to try and be more American in that sense of championing (laughs) (laughs) ourselves. It's just very British, isn't it, to not want to say anything good about yourself. Or Mm. if someone does say something good about you or pay you a compliment that you sort of downplay it or or dismiss it or discount it. And I think that even though we might not think that that has much of an impact, it it does. Um, Mm. If you spend your life always sort of ignoring your positive qualities or discounting your successes, that's going to sink in eventually versus if you're someone who acknowledges yes I'm a really nice person and I'm really good at this and I did really well here and I'm gonna tell some other people about it Mm. Um, I think that will have a difference on how Mm. we feel about ourselves and I mean Americans are already doing well and ahead of the Brits in terms of having therapy that's Um, true yeah I love 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 that in America it's a lot more sort of normal Mm -hmm. in inverted commas yeah it's like going um, to the hairdresser to have therapy yeah exactly and that is how I would love for therapy to be in the UK you know we we get our hair done we get our nails done we go Mm. to the dentist and look after our teeth we go to the optician and look after our eyes we look we look after just about anything and everything except our mental health and we Mm. we don't do that unless we're really really struggling it's wild isn't it when you when you put it like that you know, it, it like yeah. why are we not prioritizing something that is surely more important than our roots? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what about like picking, like building each other up as well, like and and sort of mm. celebrating our colleagues and our loved ones? I think we could probably do that more a little bit. And if, yeah. if we all started doing that to each other, then I think that might help as well. What about saying no to somebody? If we think little about ourselves when we're setting boundaries, 
that well, mm. we don't often do we um and and this is where we can be taken advantage of i think um any any yeah. tips here yeah i mean it's definitely common for people with low self-esteem um to be people pleasers or have a lack of boundaries and i think there are definitely tips and, and tricks to help with it but one thing i always say to people when i'm working with them in therapy is to just be mindful that those around you might not like it when you try and start introducing boundaries but it doesn't mean that what you're doing is is wrong or bad it's just a normal mm. response potentially for the people in your in your lives who have always known you to be a particular way you know always saying yes I can help you with this of course I'll do that for you and then mm. you suddenly start saying actually sorry I can't actually I'm busy people might not always react in the best way yeah that's um, a really but not good to point not to sort of take that as evidence that you shouldn't be doing this. But I think one small way that people can start off with is just learning to say no to requests, but starting off really small. So either by um, saying no to little requests, building yourself up. So if someone's got a really big favour, that might feel much harder to say no to versus if they say, oh, do you mind just moving up so I can sit on the sofa you know mm -hmm. practice mm -hmm. in that kind of way um and you can also pick who you practice that on so you might have sort of easier people and scarier people yeah. but in terms of saying no you know some people you'll know will be understanding and then others you'll think oh god I'm gonna <laughs> hate it if I say no so pick yeah. the easier people and work your way up um yeah. and just practice 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 sometimes with low self-esteem you do just have to fake it till you make it mm. which sometimes people don't like that idea but I I always advocate for that in terms of doing the things that you'd like to be doing even if you don't feel like it, that's sort of the person Six that you one. are yet yeah mm. exactly just just do it anyway and eventually you'll start to get more comfortable and it, it will become who you are Gosh, I, I think about when you were talking then about like the kind of alpha type characters that can be quite dominant mm. in terms of like if you've got low self-esteem, it would probably be quite hard to go up against them. So I see what you mean about like yeah. working <laughs> working your way up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think doing it in therapy as well is so useful because you'll have your therapist each week that you see cheerleading you on. Yeah. Uh, and just helping you reflect on and explore how it went how was it might we do it differently next time sometimes not always but when we try to enforce boundaries if it's new to us we we can sometimes swing between maybe being a bit passive aggressive or a bit aggressive but actually we, we want to try and be assertive in the middle and that's, yeah. that's a skill something that that takes practice yeah it doesn't always and come naturally and what about in the workplace? Because that's what it's one thing mm. doing it at home, but then when you, it's like if, especially if it's a manager or a boss, then yeah, and, yeah, it's yeah. really difficult sometimes. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, tips, we'll get to the the juice. <laughs> you put together on your website your top five ways to tackle low self esteem, and I thought they were really really great. So I thought we could do a bit of a countdown. <laughs> so yeah, I'll do that in at number five, and then you can kind of <laughs> you know if that's cool with you, um, because yeah, I, I think this good. is going to like really help. So in at number five, stop comparing yourself to others. Yes. So that is a big one for people with low self-esteem. 
and comparing yourself I guess to me is a recipe for just worsening your self-esteem and, and making you unhappy and I think that we experience it so much more these days with social media because we're constantly exposed to these perfect lives yeah. on Instagram or TikTok whatever you're in. Um, yeah. and I think a good tip is to start noticing when you compare yourself to others because for me the first step is always building awareness and noticing um, and then once you become more aware of it and can spot when you're doing it then you want to try and consciously stop yourself so that might be to close down your Instagram in that moment mm. um, or it might be to try and change your focus of attention onto something else rather than sitting there ruminating about how oh, you know everyone else has got this and I haven't got that etc yeah. um, and then try and think of actually positive things about yourself um, to sort of counteract so some of the things that you like about yourself or things that you're grateful for that you have in your life and and then try and get mm. consistent at doing that mm. it's funny you should say about instagram because i'm as we're recording this taking a little break because i was i that's the most triggering platform for me it must be something about images mm. yeah i i could feel myself being like oh well i'm, I'm not doing that and <laughs> You know, so I was like, yeah. this is just not making me feel good. Why am I putting myself through this? I'm just going to take a little break. But, uh, I, you know, I know I'll go back on probably in another week or so. But it, it, is, yeah. it feels like having a bit of a holiday <laughs> from Definitely, your mind. Yeah, a holiday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, we can't even unfollow those people that we notice regularly. Not if they're, that not if they're loved good. ones, though. <laughs> yes, or exactly or you could mute people instead because yeah. sometimes you can't unfollow someone if yeah as you say it's a loved one I mean I mean you can if you, you want to but we all know yeah. that might be tricky so you can mute accounts so that they don't show up as much mm. on your feed or you, their stories don't pop up as much for you yeah yeah okay let's uh, move on to number four cultivate self-compassion yes so I love self-compassion, particularly for people with low self-esteem. Um, and in a nutshell, it's about being kind to yourself. And self-compassion is so lots. hard, though, don't we? I know. We really, really do. Yeah, it, it does require effort and practice. Um, and I mean, I could probably waffle on for ages about self-compassion, but <laughs> usually there's lots of barriers to being self-compassionate because we might worry you know, it's going to make me weak or I don't deserve it or it's self-indulgent. You know, mm. I just need to get on with things. So there can be lots of barriers to it. Um, and also just that sometimes we're not used to it and anything we're not used to makes us feel a bit weird and uncomfortable. Mm. Mm. Um, but I think instead of meeting any of our failures or imperfections with criticism, try and meet them with self-compassion, which mm. is where we acknowledge, okay, this is, this is tricky. This is difficult. How can I take care of myself in, in this moment? Mm. Mm. Okay. So number three on uh, top tips to tackle low self-esteem, take on challenges to boost your confidence. Yes. I feel like any listeners with low <laughs> self-esteem are going to be like, oh, I hate this one. <laughs> <laughs> Go um, tap dancing. Yeah. Yeah why not 
And I guess it's it's normal to feel nervous or or afraid to do things, particularly mm. new things. Mm. Um, and it's so common for people with low self-esteem to avoid those things that they don't feel competent at. But people who have low who have healthy self-esteem, sorry, they don't let this kind of thing stop them trying new things. So I would encourage people to set themselves a goal and to then go and do it. So whether it is tap dancing, <laughs> joining a new class, going to a social event that normally you'd avoid yeah. like the plague. Um, yeah. Because achieving that goal is going to help boost your self-esteem and your confidence. I mean, even to really go simple swimming, because I think about my mum for ages, she would not go swimming because she was she just mm. felt like people would be watching her in a swimming costume and she, you know, yeah, wasn't feeling good about her, her body image. And it took her years <laughs> to get over that. Yeah, and then she became addicted, you know, to swimming yeah. and she absolutely loves it. Yeah. And that and that's where you can you can build things up. Like with the learning to say no, you could build it up. If that was your goal and you found that you just kept putting it off, putting it off, maybe wearing a bikini at the busiest time isn't the best place to start. Maybe yeah. wearing a swimsuit at the quieter time is is a better place to start and then building it up. Mm, definitely. Okay, number two is acknowledge your positives. Again, easier said than yeah. done. Yes, it is. And it's funny you say that because often when I do this bit of work with people in therapy, they're like, oh, I'm really uncomfortable to have to even do this. <laughs> and to then say it out loud to yes, me. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but they always, always feel better afterwards. But they probably have no problem saying the ne what they deem to be their negative traits. Yeah, of course. And that's the thing. People with low self-esteem often only pay attention to the negatives. I kind of think of it, I don't know what the name is, but you know those toys that babies have that have shapes and then you put the shape through the hole and it goes into the box. <laughs> People are probably going to be screaming at the podcast with the name of it. But I always think of that and how it's kind of like people with low self-esteem only allow in, let's say, the circles, the negatives, and the stars maybe try and get in, but they, they just won't fit in, they just won't go right um yeah so I think that learning to acknowledge your positives is really important and you can start off literally sit down with a piece of paper and list all the positive qualities that you can come up with yeah. um and it doesn't matter how small or insignificant or how unimportant you think they are you've just got to yeah write them down and then if you um, really want to give yourself a boost just leave them leave it out somewhere where your loved ones can see it and <laughs> your list yeah. of your top 10 attributes Post it to all your friends <laughs> put it as your Facebook yeah. status yeah share it on Instagram you might feel great yeah. afterwards to be fair especially if people were you agreeing could actually with do you. a poll on your Instagram <laughs> Send, send in my positive qualities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, uh, right. Well, we're, we're down to the number one um, slot in terms of tackling low self-esteem. So this is, is this the one that you, you think is the most important? Identify and challenge negative beliefs about yourself. Yes. So this one is perhaps the one that would benefit most from being in therapy to to do this mm. um but you you can do it without being in therapy 
it's, a, it's essentially trying to practice challenging anytime you have a negative thought about yourself. And usually the best way to do that is to um, practice writing down what that negative thought is and then sort of analysing it. Try and be objective and look at it and think, OK, what's the evidence for and against this thought? And, and literally writing it down and listing it out. And a good question to ask yourself as well is what would you say to a friend? If you had a friend and came to you and said, I just failed at my exam, I'm just such a failure, what do you think? Would you say to your friend, gosh, yes, you are an absolute failure because you failed your <laughs> yeah. exam? Or would you say, failing one exam doesn't make you a failure, look at all the others you've passed. Mm. Um, and also, even if you've failed loads, you're still a really good person, you're still a lovely friend, a good sister, daughter, wife, etc., whatever. Mm. Um, and trying to then, after you've spent some time sort of analysing this thought, coming up with an alternative thought that feels a bit more balanced and a bit more rational. So the new thought that you come up with might be, I didn't feel great about failing my exam, but it doesn't mean I'm a failure overall or, mm. you know, as a person. When you're in therapy, you practice doing that for your sort of more day-to-day -day negative automatic thoughts and then as you progress through therapy you also start working on more of your negative beliefs and these can be harder to change you absolutely mm. can change them but they just take a bit more work kind of mm. with a therapist I would say yeah really good stuff thank you I did want to touch on because you're a mindfulness coach as well and I'm sure like it's become a bit of a buzzword hasn't it now about you know yeah. at one point it was all just meditation now it's mindfulness and meditation or it's just mindfulness and I think still people are still not so familiar I know you know so mm -hmm. like in terms of what you do as a mindfulness teacher it's probably too complex to go deeply into but what's kind of like an overview where, where are you trying to get people to be at yeah so I um, run an eight-week mindfulness course and it's mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, which means it sort of mixes mindfulness and some CBT tools, oh, like wow. maybe the one we just discussed around um, you know, identifying negative thoughts. And I guess the, the eight-week mindfulness course can be used to help people if they're really struggling with depression or anxiety. You can yeah. sign up for it, can't you, on your website? Is this the your Mindfulness for Modern Life course? Yes, yeah, that's cool. the one. And is this um, live? Do you do this live with people or is it like something? Yeah, it's on you... It's on Zoom each oh. week for two hours, for eight weeks. Right, um, and, and the next one's September. a small group, yeah, yeah, in September. Initially when I, I did the course... It's called MBCT. It was the MBCT course that's designed to help people with depression or anxiety to, to sort of get them feeling better and prevent people having future episodes of anxiety and depression. But mm. then they, they sort of revamped and done a newer version of MBCT, which is mindfulness for life with the course that I'm offering at the moment. And it's brilliant because it gives you all the stuff that you get um, to help you with things like anxiety and depression. But then it also focuses on um, cultivating positive emotions. So trying to bring more happiness and joy into your life, more gratitude. Mm. Um, and so I think it's, it's a really lovely thing to, to learn 
um, mm. to be able to to boost and improve so that you can feel more fulfilled and happier and it's really great for things like burnout just learning to be able to let go and relax more and have more of a balanced life essentially yeah Mm. and if people are interested in learning more about your course uh and just you in general you've got some freebies um and I loved I was reading the mindfulness workbook and it's like what you're demonstrating that it doesn't need to be like you're committing to an hour a day or anything it's like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. a day and I just felt calmer reading each day you know oh, it's just it immediately made me feel a little bit more serene so I'm definitely gonna yeah. like you know dig into that so there's the mindfulness worksheet and there's something else as well perfectly My imperfect newsletter. yes yes so yeah I've, I've um had a newsletter for a while now but recently I gave it a, a revamp and it's, right. it's got its own name now perfectly imperfect Love um, it. and it's all about encouraging you to be kind to yourself and to embrace your imperfections with self-compassion. Um, so it's great for people with low self-esteem or perfectionism. Um, and it's fortnightly. So you get sort of a roundup of any of my recent helpful stuff, blog posts, mm-hmm. Instagram posts, stuff that I've seen and thought that was good. I think people will like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then it also has a specific self-compassion tip for people to try out over the next two weeks until you get the next newsletter nice and it, it, like getting that in landing in your inbox every couple of weeks I'd imagine that's just like a really good reminder as well because I think people are, have mm. the intention of I really need to start doing mindfulness I really need to start practicing meditation more and and it, it's it's yeah. like you it needs to become a habit doesn't it like brushing your teeth so having yeah. having something land in your inbox not too regularly that it starts to get irritating but you know just yeah eno- don't enough like that... spam. I don't exactly spam, I <laughs> exactly yeah something to like make sure that you stay on top Gentle of it is great reminders yeah so to access all of this the best place to go is your website which is natalieenglander.com yeah and you're also quite active on instagram as well the perfectionism yeah. therapist it does what it (laughs) says in the tin (laughs) yeah indeed yeah it's at the dot perfectionism dot therapist I mean as you say it does what it says on the tin I talk all about perfectionism Mm -hmm. um and also self-worth self-esteem mindfulness Mm -hmm. self-compassion all Mm -hmm. that all that stuff. stuff yeah you are very experienced in the world of um CBT uh, but something I was reading on your website was that you passionately believe in online CBT, not just because of accessing it from the comfort of your own home, because uh, geographic location isn't a barrier in terms of getting the right mm. therapist for you, which is often the case, isn't it? Or it's, you know, yeah, big yeah, waiting list. Absolutely. Lists. <laughs> I think that's something that's been a, a positive from COVID is that now most therapists are also offering online Mm. um and I think it's brilliant because it's so important that you find the right therapist for you and someone that you feel you sort of gel with um or you read their profile and you think yeah that that sounds really really Mm. good and I guess you're just so limited when it's only face-to-face where you live essentially so I work with clients Mm. not only all over 
the UK, but all across the world as, as well, which is wow. lovely. Well, if you specialise in helping millennial women overcome perfectionism and building their self-esteem, then you must be really busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of millennial women out there, yeah, struggling with yeah. low self-esteem and perfectionism for sure. Yeah, um, and you yourself and I, did. Yeah, and I guess I'm a millennial woman um, and I would call myself a recovering perfectionist. Mm. Um, which I guess that along with being a CBT therapist and a mindfulness teacher hopefully puts me in a really good position to to help others struggling with those similar issues. Brilliant and I've got one final um, well it's not a question really I sort of set you the task to set us a task bringing our conversation full circle back to the title of both the podcast and this episode Um, I asked you to uh, set us some gentle homework Uh, And I know you've already shared a lot already today in the episode and thank you so much. But I ask every guest, what is a simple project we can do based on tackling low self-esteem that will help us on our journey to building a happier life? Yes. Well, I feel very comfortable with this because all CBT therapists set homework every session. Ah. Um, So the one that I thought of that I think would be good is to keep a positive you journal is what I call it and essentially each day write down one example of something that you did that demonstrated a positive quality and so I'd want you to have two columns one that says positive quality and one that says example so it might be in the positive quality um, you write down kind And then in in the example, it might be that you listen to a friend on the phone for an hour crying about their problems. Um, Or it could be that you um, write down a positive quality, consider it. And the example is that you flush the toilet after you use it. (laughs) And the reason why... I mean, I would hope that that's just good manners, you know. (laughs) Hopefully, but the reason why I include that one is sometimes if people are really, really struggling with their low self-esteem and they can't see anything positive about themselves, then I would say, right, do you flush the toilet after you use it? Do you sometimes hold the door open for people? Mm. Do you switch off your light when you don't need to use it? You know, all of these things could show some sort of positive quality. Um, Everyone will have positive qualities in there. so even if you've got to go to the depths of writing down that you flush the toilet, then that's what you need to do. Um, can it be the same? Yeah. Can it be the same? Did you say it's one a day, one positive quality a day? Yeah, go for one a day. Right, yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And maybe sometimes it's the same positive quality if you can't think of a new yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. The, the positive um, you journal. I like that. Even if you just put it in your notes in your phone, right? Yeah, perfect. Mm. And sometimes it can be useful to just type into Google positive qualities and it will probably give you a whole list of examples of positive qualities like considerate, kind, caring, funny, interesting, whatever it might be. Um, and that can help get you thinking a bit more about actually what positive qualities are there and do you show any of them or or have you shown one of those that day oh lovely brill thank you natalie thank you for having me (laughs) 
Thank you for making it through to the end of the Happier Life Project with me, Gabby Sanderson. If you are suffering with your mental health, there is a crisis button on the My Possible Self app, which will signpost you to the correct information for some immediate expert advice. Those of you who are listening on one of the podcast platforms, the My Possible Self app is completely free to download, so you don't need to worry about it costing you anything. Thanks again to Natalie Englander for a wonderful conversation and sharing all those tips, tricks and advice that we can all implement in our lives today. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review if you found this episode helpful and to find and follow us on social media. We are at My Possible Self and I've been at Radio Gabby. So do take care and I'll see you on the next one.